A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive through Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. It's that time of year that has agricultural aviators busy. But it's gotten off to a rocky start between the weather and fuel prices. Jim Perrin of Bancroft, Wisconsin, has been an egg aviator since the early 90s. Today, he's leading the National Agricultural Aviation Association. He tells me more about what he's working on at NAAA, but first tells us what he's seeing in the field so far this season. The season nationwide is starting out pretty rough. Throughout the south, the heat is really, really creating havoc with the crop right now. We're, we're getting down to the wire on on much of the south being able to make corn or soybean crop. Um, Northwest is really wet. They've got a lot of disease in the wheat. And uh, here in the Midwest, of course, we had a cool, wet spring, but the heat's catching us up. And and overall, I think uh, we're probably a couple weeks behind, but I think here in the Midwest, we're looking pretty good. How is the price of fuel impacting business? It's it's tough. It's totally changed. Uh, The supply chain issues, period, have totally changed uh, the thought process on a lot of the things that we do. Not only has the price of fuel tripled, but in order to get fuel, there's a, a shortage of truck drivers that'll haul fuel. Normally, in a normal time, and what I say by a normal time is throughout my entire career, whenever I've needed fuel, I've picked up the phone, called, ordered fuel, and gotten fuel in a couple of days. But uh, just the other day, my fuel supplier and I ordered fuel for the entire season based on when we got truckloads last year, just in order to stay ahead of the truck driver shortage. And the problem with aviation is, is we can't pre-purchase fuel, so we're, we're subjected to the market, and the price of jet fuel changes every Tuesday. So whatever the market is on Tuesday, that's what we're stuck with, because I, I believe it's because of the airlines, but we're not allowed to pre-purchase fuel like you can with diesel fuel. Now, ahead of this interview, Jim, you mentioned that there's a pilot shortage in every facet of aviation. Just how many egg aviators are there, and how is NAAA trying to recruit pilots? There's 3,300 egg aviators nationwide, and to uh, recruit, you know, we've got our, our show and we've, our trade, our, we call it the Expo, the National Egg Aviation Trade Show every year. And uh, during that program, we do, like I said, we do a, a speed mentoring. We do Compass Rose. These are programs designed for, for newer aspiring pilots. We've got uh, an outreach between pilots and operators, uh, a method for people to contact one another and, and visit. We've got a uh, pretty active network um, on a Facebook page for new pilots or potential new pilots that can be mentored locally. Um, so it's been a, it's, it's quite a, quite a process. I don't know if we can get to everybody, but we work pretty hard at trying to. What does it take to become an egg aviator or an agricultural aviation uh, pilot? So the minimum standard is a commercial pilot license. And uh, from there, it typically will take quite a bit of training. And frankly, it takes about three years of mentoring to get to the point where a person is a, a proficient egg pilot. And then what's what's the job description? You, I mean, I think of, you know, spraying crops. I mean, is that the extent of it, or what else are those egg pilots doing? Spraying crops is a, is a primary function of it. Um, but we also do uh, forest fighting or, you know, fire, forest firefighting. Um, there's forest applications for things like spruce budworm or gypsy moth or things like that. There's public health work for mosquitoes, 
uh, feetsy flies and that kind of thing. Um, so there's, there's a lot going on outside of just ag aviation as far as the agricultural side of it. But from the agricultural side of it, it's 128 million acres a year, not counting forestry or rangeland applications. So when does your season really kick off? So for us here in Wisconsin, we'll start in March with a little bit of frost seeding. Uh, we'll be seeding things like clover. Then in April, we'll start in with a little bit of, of herbicide work or with uh, alfalfa fungicide spraying. By June, it really starts getting busy, particularly here in, in vegetable country. July, August, and the first couple of weeks of September are pretty hectic. And then we'll do cover crop seeding through the month of October, and then that pretty much wraps up the, uh, the flying portion of the season, and then it's time to do maintenance and, and re- recurrent training. So, Jim, where's your footprint then in Wisconsin? During the season, we're, we're working seven days a week. Our primary uh, work area is the central sands here in Wisconsin. That's, you know, Portage, Washera, Adams, and Wood Counties, Juneau County. We'll get into Wapaka County. And then occasionally, for some friends, we'll run over to Clark County or, or uh, down to Iowa County and take care of some stuff for some, some friends that I knew growing up. I want to talk more about the work you do with the National Egg Aviation Association, Jim. What is your primary focus or what are some of those top issues that you work on? Safety is, is first and foremost. And we spend an awful lot of time, energy, and money on trying to do uh, safety programs. Safety is obviously a top issue because, you know, we're trying to avoid accidents uh, at all costs. The safety of our, our members and our association, as well as the environmental impact of an accident, are all things that we consider and uh, try to avoid. So some of the things that we do is we do some speed mentoring for young pilots. We do um, an Athena program for uh, spouses or or partners of pilots. Um, We also do what's called the PASS program, the Professional Aerial Applicator Support System, which is uh, um, pretty involved with a program that we put together. It's a professional program that we put together every year. It's a new program. And we present it to all the pilots and operators around the country that are, are interested in attending it. Um, and that is a four-hour course every year. We're doing things like, uh, for instance, this year at our trade show in Knoxville, we're going to have a, a seven-hour course on wire strike avoidance. Um, every week, our, our association sends out at least one newsletter each week with a safety message, you know, just kind of an in-season reminder of, of some of the mistakes that we've seen in the past, trends that we've seen in the past that we can, you know, bring to the forefront and help uh, pilots avoid making the same mistake. What about some of the other things that stand tall out there, like wind turbines, uh, church steeples? What's an so, issue for you guys in the air? So what, what we call that is CFIT, and that stands for Controlled Flight into Terrain. Anything that's attached to the ground is is potentially something that we can run into. And uh, it is our leading cause of accidents. And that's why we spend so much time focusing on that. So this year, the, the main focus of our CFIT or our controlled flight into terrain accidents is the wires because it is the number one uh, CFIT accident. But towers, uh, guy wires, uh, like you said, wind turbines, all of those things are an issue. And it's it's important for us to be as proficient as possible and as trained as possible to avoid that. 
And we also ask that our customers let us know where wires are at when we're getting ready to go do a job for them. So one thing we haven't talked about yet, drones. Drones are becoming a more, more of a tool in agriculture for certain things. Are drones your competitor? Not really, no. Um, the way I look at the, the drones, the way most of us in the industry look at the drones is, you know, there's a ground rig, there's a, there's a uh, drone, there's a helicopter, and there's a fixed-wing airplane. Whatever tool fits that particular job the best is the tool that's going to get used. Where is the place for drones versus planes? Right now, the way it is today, and I'm sure technology is going to change as we go along, but the way it stands today, I think the perfect place for the drone is anywhere we were using backpack sprayers. If you're trying to spray, for instance, some remote wetland area that you're trying to take care of an invasive species or or maybe uh, um, small plots that we just simply can't get into with bigger equipment like uh, maybe, uh, you know, THC-type plot or small blueberries or small vineyards, um, I think that, that that tool would make a lot of sense in those areas. On large-scale agriculture, it's being used somewhat in large-scale ag, but they're kind of running into the same problem we all are, and that is uh, labor. Labor is probably the biggest issue facing all of us right now, and uh, it just takes a lot of people to run a little machine that doesn't cover a lot of acres. Um, with the same number of people, you know, if a large fixed-wing airplane can do 2,500 acres in a day, that drone is going to probably cover somewhere around 80 acres in that same same work day. So right now, that's not real effective in large-scale ag. However, I think it's got a it's a great tool to use in, in a sensitive area or maybe on a field that's near a suburb or something like that. You mentioned doing some policy work. What kind of policy does NAAA talk about or what do you bring to the forefront with our lawmakers right now? I guess, you know, what's on top of mind for you guys? Let's face it, there's, there's not a lot of people that know how egg aviation is actually used. So it's pretty easy to write a policy that's not realistic. <clears throat> it's pretty easy to write a policy based on assumptions. And so we spend a lot of time dealing with both regulators and policymakers, explaining how uh, the airplane or the helicopter is actually used and in what, what role and, and what it can and cannot do. And uh, so we're pretty involved with, with the EPA and with the Department of Agriculture on things like uh, label writing for different products. You know, that's just a for instance. But we're also involved in things like, uh, for instance, maybe we have to get a little bit uh, involved with our policymakers because of, say, IRS issues or, or depreciation schedules or something like that. Jim Perrin joining us with a peek at what's on his agenda at the National Agricultural Aviation Association. He's also a pilot himself operating three airplanes out of Bancroft, Wisconsin, in the Central Sands region of the state. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.